joining us right now on the Harbor One Hotline is the voice of the NHL on NBC. It's Doc Emmerich. Doc, good morning. How are you? Excellent. How are you? We're doing pretty well. Uh, we are uh, now trying to figure out what's next for the Boston Bruins, and uh, we just played a, a cut from Zdeno Chara in the post game. A guy who unquestionably has had an incredible career, but from what you've seen over the over the last several games, do you, do you think that career is coming to an end? No, when you consider the top six or the top seven, if you uh, if you uh, rank the Bruins defense. I would say no, especially considering the way that he keeps himself and considering also what I what I remember from last year and comparing to this year and the fact that he had the broken jaw and his coach said the morning of the game when I asked him the question, do you think that Zdeno Char at less than 100% in the lineup is as uh, valuable as Zdeno Char sitting out and you putting somebody else in? And he said would you want to go through the lumber company to get to the net if you were a St. Louis blue? I think there's still some value that he can lend. And a lot of the value that I feel that he can lend at not too much money. What was a $2 million cap hit this year? Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of the value that he continues to lend to the team is the cultural influence that he has in the room. And there is a value to that that I know, Wiggy, you can, uh, you can probably speak to from your experience in the NFL, too, that there are those players that have a cultural value, too. And even if he's not a top four defenseman, but a guy that just kills penalties and, and does spot duty, I still think there's a value there. But it's not for me to evaluate. It's for the people uh, that, uh, that make the decisions that are on a much higher pay scale. But you asked, and so mm-hmm. that's my answer. And now I have a question for you, Richard. Yes. Does Pierre Maguire have a named building on <laughs> campus at Hobart? He should. He and should. Not, a two-sport star there? We need to to contribute more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's probably it. The more money he gives, the better chance he would have of getting a statue, a building, <laughs> something along those lines. No, that's definitely true. Uh, Doc, what stood out to you about the, the really the last four games of the series for the Bruins? Obviously, looked good in game one, had a nice lead. Tampa came storming back, but they were able to hold him off. Uh, and then, obviously, you had some really close games in there. You had the blowout game. But anything jump out to you about the, the Bruins' performance over those last four? Yeah, I, I think that in terms of the, the depth of roster, the, the better team won, even though the better team should have won game five and taken this on to a game tonight because I think the Bruins outplayed them in game five. They just didn't get the reward. But in terms of the depth of roster, uh and this is probably easy to say in retrospect because we can all be perfect in hindsight. But in 2018, it was a large, powerfully built team that won the championship and the same thing last year in St. Louis. But, uh, but the, the Lightning made some corrections and they made some corrections in size at the trade deadline. And the Bruins, I, you know, Nick Ritchie is a bigger body, but um, the bigger body wasn't as productive as guys like Blake Coleman, who was the 11th leading forward hitter in the NHL when he came from New Jersey, and uh, and, and Barkley Goodrow, who uh, at six one was um, the leading hitter among forwards for the San Jose Sharks. They decided that they were a little too easy to play against, and so they wanted to get bigger, and they wanted to get uh, more sandpaper. And so that's the line that they started in every game with Yanni Gord. And that makes a difference 
when you're playing a team back-to-back or every other night. And so I think that depth of roster is what really vaulted Tampa Bay into the conference final and, and left the Bruins out. Uh, you, they just had a deeper roster and a better team. Doctor, the Bruins make a mistake by taking the round-robin game so lightly. No, I don't think so. I, I it would have been it would have been wonderful to have finished first since they were the first overall team, but that was more cosmetic. No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. It's been really easy to examine the fact that a couple of guys were late getting in, and Cam Neely had to speak in strong words about that, and and then there were eight guys that were exposed to someone, and so there was there was a disjointed start to the camp and and all of that. Those. Those are easy, easy things to pick apart after it's all done. But, no, I think when it came to the performance, uh, you saw a tremendous performance against Carolina, and it, any of those things didn't seem to affect them there. No, I don't think so at all. Doc, when you look at this team from afar, because for us as fans here in Boston, we look at this team, this run that they've had since 2011 as a disappointment, um, especially after what they were able to do last year, get to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. When you look at this Bruins team, especially this year, do you feel like it was a disappointing season for them, especially the way that it ends where you lose 4-1 to Tampa Bay? I mean, you don't even make the series competitive in the sense where it's a Game 7 from an, the, an outsider's perspective looking in, knowing the talent that they had on that roster? Yeah, when you consider the talent that they had through the entire regular season, I'm sure it can be interpreted that way locally, yeah. Because, you know, nine goals scored in the series and only and five of them on the power play. I mean, power play was wonderful, but uh, you need to score in other times. You don't get the power play as often in the playoffs as you do the rest of the time, and so you can't count that heavily on it. And, yeah, yeah, it, it would be viewed that, but you went up against uh, the team that's probably going to get to the final and is probably, um, you know, going to win some games against the team I think will get to the final in the West in Vegas. But this is such an open tournament. Don't mark me down for either one of those because I'm probably going to be wrong. But, yeah, I could see where it would be viewed as something disappointing because there was so much hope going in based on the regular season. But, we know that regular season playoffs are so radically different uh, because it's a different kind of hockey in the playoffs, much more intense. And it's a game of attrition, and they would have loved to have had a guy like Sean Corrales, 6'2", 213, who could have countered some of that size and some of that bulk and some of that hitting that they were getting from Tampa Bay. That would have made a big difference, but Sean wasn't able. I mean, in addition to Sean, do you think overall they just – need to get a little bit tougher when they won the when they won it in 2011 it was a very tough physical team and i think they have certainly gotten much more skilled and it, let's be honest a little bit more fun to watch you know david Pasternak out there mm-hmm. he's you know if, if the season didn't end he was chasing 50 60 goals uh they've embraced the skill and the speed a little bit more but we've saw them lose to st louis big physical team tampa kind of combines the skill and the physicality in this offseason, do you think that's something that Don Sweeney might want to address is get a little bit bigger? Yeah, that's probably something. Um, yeah, that that probably is. Um, and there are guys that are of that size, but you have to be able to find them and you have to have the assets to share. And so that is a concern. But that you you talked about the skill, and one of the guys that, 
30 other teams are going to want is the guy that wears number 47 and quarterbacks that best power play in the East in the regular season. And so that is another concern about what's going to happen. There be, may be a lot of cap money available if Tory Krug is elsewhere by next season. And I'm sitting in the state of Michigan, um, and that is the state from which he comes, and there is a very needful team that has missed the playoffs for a long time by Michigan standards that would love to have him. And they have some cap room, too. But there are going to be other teams that are going to be after him. And so it'll be interesting to see uh, if the Bruins can keep that guy. If they, if they can, that's a very valuable tool for their power play. Uh, and that is not a large person, but that's, that's some very important money that will have to go to him to keep them. Doc, one of the things that you said, that you said the better team won in the Tampa Bay Lightning, which I, I, I agree with you on that. This core isn't getting any younger. So, and you talk about you're probably going to lose Tory Krug, who who you were talking about as far as your quarterback on that power play. And you got some guys that, you know, Bergeron, Krejci are a little bit older as far as your skilled players. You think they have to make a big move and maybe get younger because the Tampa Bay Lightning, they're not going anywhere, and they are a young team. So is it time for the Bruins to maybe add some skill pieces that are younger to this quarter, you know, to help them get back to that mountaintop? No, I, I'm, I'm not anxious about doing that just yet. But, I, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not the guy that that is uh, – radical enough to tear things up yet all across canada yesterday uh it it went in a wave of this is the time to destroy the bruins and i was hearing a good deal of it and perhaps it was going across new england i wasn't listening to your station so maybe you can fill me in yeah i said trade bergeron (laughs) yeah he's ready to blow it up i'm I'm not there (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so anyway, uh, I guess I'm too conservative to work for the uh, to to work for your audience because uh, I, I, there's a lot about this team that I still like, but I I would still like to see more size on it, and I'd sure like to keep the the skill pieces that they have. There's a there's a great deal of speed there too, but uh, that that's that's the one thing that I. I would probably not do, but anyhow, uh, I, you know, and, and as long as you have Chara and as long as you have uh, Bergeron around, you're, you're going to continue to have that great culture that is, that has continued for years for at least a decade and a half ever since he arrived. So if you, if you don't have him, you still have Patrice. And if you don't have those two, then you have a culture that's potentially going to change. But uh, I would not, I would probably not be very entertaining to your audience because I would not blow it up yet. Doc, you mentioned being in Michigan. I'm just curious, uh, from a broadcast perspective, how much of an adjustment it's been for you to be doing monitor-only games versus a conventional in-arena situation? Oh, it's been quite different because only time that I've ever had to do that in my life has been uh, a couple of uh, games in stadiums, uh, Yankee Stadium in particular, where the broadcast location was so far away (laughs) that you had to do it you you had to actually call the game off the monitor while you were in the stadium. But I think probably all of the guys, uh, you know, among the 24 teams, uh, you know, in the first round or two, the local guys were not around, allowed in the arenas, so we're all sort of dealing with the same thing. And it is quite a bit different. 
the reason that we had to do it in stadiums was uh, we're so far away, and you're working for a four-inch sleeve number. Uh, you're not going off the numbers in the backs. It's a four-inch sleeve number. If you're going the numbers off the backs, those guys are going to be in Providence the next day because they don't turn your ba- their backs to you. <laughs> they, they're going uh, east to west. They're not right. going north to south. So, uh, yeah, it is a challenge, and it's especially a challenge on the far winger, and you never, you never understand how much you appreciate guys going over the boards and you're being able to look with the naked eye and seeing them as they make changes because it helps you a lot to anticipate who the next guy is that's going to get the puck because mm-hmm. he's just come off the bench. Right. Uh, but you can't do that because you're limited by what the camera has for you. So uh, hats off to all the guys, including uh, you know Jack and Brick, who did the first round, and, and anybody in any of the cities that are doing that because it does represent a challenge. But you also realize that that's the nature of how this had to be because of the pandemic, and uh, I can't change the date on my driver's license as much as I would like to. <laughs> and I have a cancer history, and that is also a part of my background as well. Mm-hmm. And, Danielle, how do I help out Blues Bridge? Oh, you're a doll. Look at you. So sweet. That's uh, for people that don't mm-hmm. know that I have a 501c3. It's a nonprofit uh, animal rescue foundation. You can go to bluesbridge.org for information or bluesbridge.org to donate. Very nice, Doc. We do some... We do some things back here with veterinarians, and uh, there's always a, a dog or a cat that needs a surgery that can't get it because mm-hmm. the owners are out of work or something like that. But the cat or the dog needs it, and fortunately, the you know we've got a, a you know a little cushion fund. It's not a 401k, or it's, I'm sorry, it's not a foundation or anything. But we hear of these things and. So we try to help out, too. But uh, I, I was reading about that, and I think it's just magnificent, and it's an honor of, uh, of a noble dog in your past, huh? Yes, it is. I had uh, My first rescue dog was named Blue. She was a Doberman that I had rescued from a breeder, and uh, she was very kind. I specialize in, in fostering abandoned animals like kittens uh, that don't have moms, so they bottle fe- I bottle feed them. And uh, she was always very kind and gentle to all the animals that I fostered, and I figured what better way. Uh, the concept of Blue's Bridge is, you know, many people are con- familiar with the concept of the Rainbow Bridge. When your pets leave you, they go over the Rainbow Bridge to the other side. Blue's Bridge is the one right before that ha- that helps an animal get from where they are to where uh, they need to be. Isn't that something? Driving out in cabs, as I have for many years, this is a question I had for Wiggy. Mm-hmm. I have gone past that high school field at Logan Airport, and yeah. I, I've uh-huh. never talked to a person that played there. Yeah, I played. Have you ever played a game yeah, on that's, that? That's where Have we, you? Yeah, we played uh, high school games back in the day at East Boston High, but it wasn't field turf when I played. It was rocks and glass. So <laughs> a little bit different. It was very different I was then. <laughs> It looks like a pretty rough place to me, but I yeah. I've never talked to anybody that played a game there. My goodness. yeah, it was it was it was different, you know. <laughs> hearing airplanes go over the game and and like I said, but now it's nice. They got the field yeah, turf there. Good. It's it's you know a little bit different. Hey, from Doc, you did your homework today. You did. You, you did, did, you did like game prep. prep. Oh, I was gonna no. say this is like a Bruins Lightning kind of breakdown. Yeah. That's great. No, oh, no, East Boston High School, but I know anybody that played that long in the NFL must have had uh, some some great recollections of back when it was simplistic, but I didn't know if it was rocks and glass. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it looked 
Yeah. It looked a little rough out there. Yeah. But. It went from rocks to glass, then it went to the old AstroTurf, the carpet AstroTurf. Oh, that's even yeah. worse. Yeah, so then it was worse. But now I think they have that nice field turf yeah. there and everything. So, Well, Doc Emmerich, we really appreciate the time. It's going to be yes. tough for us as Bruins fans, but we will continue to watch you on uh, NBC throughout the rest of the playoff run. Thanks so much for the time. Thanks. Oh, great. Thank you so much. I, I, I miss New England, and I miss visiting there, and I heard on the last day, of the last Bruins game that fours closed. Oh, and yeah, that awful. is the scene of a lot of great places. I used to always go to practices in the morning, the home team 1030, the visitors 1130, and then right across to have a great lunch at fours. But I'll miss that too, but I'll look forward to another year. Absolutely. Right. Thanks so much, Doc. We go appreciate Dallas. it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Take care.